the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means it's the date day show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand Up for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, anything on your heart. And today, because Paul is here, you can ask really anything at all. All you have to do is dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you're driving in your car, uh, my producer just walked in and he's wet. So I assume it's raining outside. Um, The safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Other than that, Paul, it's your day. Okay. We've been busy. We, We are busy, but it's it's good busy. <clears throat> oh, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to let the producer know I had to clear my throat. Mm-hmm. Well, we went to California for the uh, Calvary Chapel Association Conference. And um, it ended actually today for the rest of the people. But we've been busy, and so we don't like to be gone that much. And we would have missed um, talking to you guys or listening from you. So here we are back. But I think we swallowed a lot of dirt. Everywhere we seem to go, there's construction. And, um, <clears throat> sorry, did it again. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'm not a pro. I'm the, I'm the professional Yeah, here. there you go. We, Thank you. It's okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was, you know how we say, if you say no and don't go, you don't know how the Lord would want to bless you. Because this conference, for the both of us, um, you can hear, <clears throat> sorry. This conference for the both of us was like one of the very best. There was not um, a speaker that I didn't get something from, and um, it was really a good, a really good one. I, I appreciated it. Um, like we've been talking because of just the, it was slower, um, quieter, not a, not any kind of, braggadocious kind of attitude or or it was it was humble um maybe because we're all getting older you know those on the board um but just it was sweeter i thought it was sweeter and um i liked it yeah i think paula there was a um, a sense of humility that (laughs) is sometimes hard to um to, to 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 pick up and value um the, the the i think this was a, a a conference where the older guys kind of took center stage and uh i think it's important to honor i mean some of those guys have been pastoring for 50 years and my goodness we are getting old 
And uh, one of the neat things that happened was that they added four new people to the board or to the council, we call it, um, uh, and they're younger men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's time. <laughs> it's time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yet it wasn't a sense that um, you know. Okay, we're ready. We're ready to step back at all because uh, I mean, to a man, these men in, in expect uh, Jesus to return, and they want to be found serving mm-hmm. uh, when they were. One of the funny things, Paula, was uh, when at the very start of the conference, they brought those men up to pray for them, mm-hmm. hands on them, pray for them. <laughs> And so the rest of the council members came up, and it must have taken 40 minutes to get up. It <laughs> wasn't that bad, but <laughs> it was bad. It was like, ooh, can we help you up, sir? Uh, we'll wait for you. How, how about next time you guys just have it on the bottom floor? I mean, it was almost funny. You could hear people kind of laughing. Yeah. And, and one, of the, one of the pastors uh, said, yeah, it said, you can tell the warranties on our bodies are, <laughs> yeah. are giving out now or yeah. done. And uh, uh, I mean, it took a while to get mm-hmm. to get them up on the on the stage, uh, but the the um, infusion of younger men and they're not that much younger. No, we're not yeah, talking they're in their fifties. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 that's that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. But uh, it, it just it just kind of ensures a transition into the future, mm-hmm. um, and and you know. The, these 50-ish guys will be the old guys in 20 years, and they'll be facing an audience of, of younger guys. But there was probably, I don't know, a couple thousand, uh, fi- about 1,500 Calvary chapels. Um, so, so there was a couple thousand people there because wives were there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just thought it was a, a really, really good conference. The substance was yeah. really, really valuable. Yeah, yeah. The 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 main thing was uh, trials, suffering, um, heartache, heartbreak, all those mm-hmm. things, and what they produce in. And the pastors were mainly talking to the pastors, but then they would say, and leaders, you know, which includes everybody. If you're in any kind of ministry, um, no, if you're just living, <laughs> you're going to suffer. We all will, whether we're believers or not, but we all will go through stuff, whether it's um, a loss of a spouse and a couple of the guys. Um, one, in fact, Raul even said, you know, and his wife was sitting there, but um, her cancer has taken over her body. She's lost her liver, and, you know, she's soon, and this is him talking, she's soon to be with the Lord. Um, man. And he has seizures, um, and he, you know, you can you can talk about that. That was just really difficult to watch. Yeah. I, Paula, I just think that, that the, the, the idea of suffering and, and what I saw was a bunch of men um, who have been or are being refined by suffering. And, and, you know, nobody wants to suffer. I'm not about to get on this program and say, you know, we're just suffering for Jesus like it's, it's, it's a badge of honor, though it is a badge of honor. Um, it's not something any of us looks to, but it's in those really difficult times and trials that we become more like the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and even me, who've known these guys now for nearly 30 years, um, I'm watching their continued growth and their continued humility um, um, as they get up in age. <clears throat> Excuse my voice that time. But I, I think, um, you know, I think the human condition we just expect well you know the older we get people take it easy and you know it should things should be easy and kick back and and that's just not the case it's not the case i was so encouraged by uh, what several of them said you know just because you've been doing this sandy adams yes sandy adams in particular said you know we've been you've been doing this for a long time at first you had maybe one or three or 12 people um and you're desperate you know to have somebody show up and have somebody else help you serve and stuff. And now you got a full staff. People are coming to your church. You know there's going to be somebody there all the time. Um, and now, you know, you can afford to take that vacation. You could, you know, um, you could come to any conference you want to whenever you want to before. You just, you know, basically you have to save up for the whole year to go to one. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's easy. We could be comfortable. And you preach this all the time. Uh, comfort or being comfortable comfortable is a faith stealer. And so it, it's not about how much you 
know to give the right answer. It's going through stuff and letting the Lord break your heart so that you will <clears throat> know his heart for the people. And he, he, I think one of them even said, broken people are the best ones to be able to minister to other broken people. And he had, he said he had one guy that was in his church just, it seemed like he was there just to irritate him. And the guy was very successful <laughs> in irritating him. And he just, you know, he was thinking, I'm the boss here. You know, I should just get rid of this guy without considering the Lord. And so his his title was, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and I think in, in context, Paula, um, whether it's the conferences and the traveling and and the taking advantage of the perks of a position of being a pastor or dealing with people on a one-on-one basis, um, I, I think the context of that, just because you can doesn't mean you should, is something that we, all of us as believers, no matter you're a pastor or not a pastor, a uh, brand new Christian, you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I mm-hmm. think we we sometimes just look, well, I can do that now. And and instead, we, we need to, okay, Lord, what should I do? And in this particular case, that guy became a great friend and an ally. And yeah. and, and it, it's all because he took the time to say to the Lord, what what should I do? Yeah, what would Jesus do? Yeah. yeah, Jesus is, you know, patient and kind. And he doesn't just kick people to the curb just because they're irritating. Because uh, every time I hear something like that, I think of, and such were some of you. And it's kind of difficult at times, but, you know, we have so many, what he was saying, we have so many people coming to our church now. You know, this one who's irritating me, he could go somewhere else. I don't really need him. And But the Holy Spirit in the back of his mind and in his heart was saying, yes, you do. I want you to be patient and loving and kind toward this one and see what happens. And now he says... He didn't mention his name, and he was probably in the audience, but and so he knows who he was talking about. But um, he said now he's he's a brother in the Lord and a really good friend. Well, yeah, you've heard me preach many, many times that difficult people in your lives by design. Yeah, and you wonder sometimes, God, why is this? Pre-? And and the Lord will speak to her and say, because you need him yeah. or you need her. Yeah, and and those difficult people. One of the things that was. Um, um, really powerful for me was seeing these older men um, talking about uh, having a heart, a, a broken heart for the broken people. You know, here at our church, we pray for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, the angry, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we need to remember that in our church, every time the doors are open, there are people in there whose lives are falling apart. Yeah. There are people who are, who are overwhelmed by fear. There are people who um, have never had anybody stop and, and look them in the eye and say, can I, can I help you? Is there anything I can do? And we need to remember that. And, and my friend David Rosales, when he was speaking, he said, you know, we're, we're worried about our church growth. We're worried about our buildings. We're worried about... Um, the next big event that we have. And and the people whose lives are falling apart don't care about any of those things. They just need to hear that that God's got them, that Mm -hmm. Jesus loves them. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take the time to reach out to those people, then uh, we're we're not representing Jesus rightly. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. That was pretty much, not that every one of them said that, but you could feel that coming from them. Um, I think Steve Winery, 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 Winery. Um, you know, you know, you, it was kind of for me like men doing sweet summer devotions this year, you know, because he started out saying, um, um, a lot of you don't know me. He's one of the new guys on the on mm-hmm. the council thing, um, saying uh, we all come from <coughs> broken homes, but let me tell you just a little bit of who I am. He said my mom was married. 12 times. 10 times. 10 times. Yeah. Okay. But she had boyfriends coming yeah. in and out through, uh, and, and he said, so you can kind of imagine, you know, how difficult it was, especially when I became a teenager and, and you know, these 
he's a pretty good sized guy too. Yeah, and he's very smart and he's very athletic. He was, he was cop for a long time. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know we all have brokenness, and you know he goes to prison ministry, um, and he you know talk about broken people, but he was a broken person. But he was given the gift of he's really smart and he's very athletic. And those things saved him, actually. Um, and then when he became a Christian, he was that same zeal that he put into being smart and being an athlete. He's going to be the best Christian. You know, he worked hard. He said oh, he wore himself out in those first three years because he didn't realize that he couldn't do it. He said he used foul language so bad before he got saved, and that didn't just go away. Though you know that's bad, he had to ask the Lord, well, you can tell I'm not doing well in that area, so I need you to do that for me. But I I really appreciate all the messages, but his was another one that got me. You know, one of the things, I think this is instructive for everybody in our audience, whether a new Christian or mature Christian. I think think it is a human condition— that says, okay, I'm going to be the best Christian I can. What do we ask people? Oh, so are you are you a, a believer? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to be. be. Mm-hmm. And and I, th- I tell people, don't try die. Yeah, They're don't like, try die. They're like what? Be, because it's important. We don't really believe that Jesus, or, or believe Jesus when he said that apart from me you can do nothing, mm-hmm. and we don't believe that. We kind of pick up the ball and run with it. Okay, well, I'm going to be the best Christian. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And and I think the reality, and this to me is one of the things that these older guys, and I'm talking about guys that aren't going to be around very long. Yeah. I mean, these are people, that their, their, their health is failing. Um, uh, uh, people, uh, one of those guys is a, a zealot for the Lord and his, he's so frail. And um, one of the things that these guys are really learning is that that um, after 50 years of ministry, apart from Christ, they can do nothing. And it's just one of those things. We've got to stop trying and let God do whatever it is he wants to do in us and through us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to look at a, a body, people my age, Notice I didn't say our age. I said my age. You're starting to get it, Pastor Ryan. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we, we hopefully by now have learned that apart from him, we can do nothing. And, and we, what we want to do, the only thing we want to do is be right in the middle of his will. And, you know, this always offends people when I say it, but um, God doesn't need any of us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need Pastor Ron at Calvary Chapel. Um what we need to do is just delight that we're in the game. God chose us, mm-hmm. put us in the game, mm-hmm. and said, okay, I'll use you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we think that there's some merit in that. Yeah, I think that was either Rawley yeah. said that too. He said, you know, um, having a big church, being popular. He said being popular could be an is an idol. Yeah, somebody else said being famous. Being famous, okay, yeah, being famous um, puts you in a place of looking at yourself and trying to keep the, keep that going. But what he said um, was, it's not about the size of your church. It's not about the size of your vocabulary. It's not about the size of your your personality. None of that. It's the size of your savior that the people need. And I think, you know. As we live, we live and learn, because I think uh, uh, quite a few of those guys have lived and learned that, and now they're really realizing, you know, my church is going. The church is going to go on. The church is going to go on. They don't need me. They don't need me to speak over here or speak over there. They don't need my name. They need to know my Savior, and uh, they they really came through because. Um, you can tell that they've been in the Word. You know, like sometimes you'll take one scripture. One time you took one scripture. It was, um, I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. Three weeks in a row. That, <laughs> and, I and talk I, too much. I tell you that all the no, time. No, it's just 
um, it's just that you want to know it, and these guys want to know. The, you can tell that they've been walking with the Lord for a long time, and that's the the benefit that a lot of us younger people <laughs> get to reap. <laughs> you just now got that, right? <laughs> Nobody's ever said that to me before. Well, I really wasn't including you in that. We, we so. have a, we, I have a, a dear friend in the church who's been around for a long, long time. And every time he sees me, he says, hello, young man. I love him. And, and it just, that's uh-huh. the nicest thing anybody can mm-hmm. say all day. But, Paula, something else that, that was, for me, profound. Um, all of those guys um, had a sense that we're really in the last minutes. Yeah. Of the last days, yeah, I got that too. And um, you know, one of the, one of the guys kept saying, "He said we're 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 watching prophecy, mm-hmm. either being fulfilled mm-hmm. or being prepared to be filled, just with all the things that are going on in the world around us. Israel, the centerpiece of God's prophetic uh, timetable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're watching that." And these guys, I mean, they're old and their body's giving away. I said that earlier. Uh, but, but, I mean, they still expect to see Jesus in, uh, in, in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, and that's motivating. It's not a, okay, well, I want to get out of here. It's, it's motivating to serve and fulfill all their time and energy uh, that they have. You know, as I'm getting older, I, I, I always admire your energy um, my energy is not what it was, and and I want to figure out a way to ration out my energy for my service for the Lord, and um, to to see those guys who are even older than I am, and they're 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 doing that, and their bodies are are far more frail and giving away. Um, to, to see that just emphasizes, I think. Um, the importance of looking up because Jesus is coming mm-hmm. at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not cute, but it was exciting to see that, you know, that scripture that does my heart good to see my children following mm-hmm. after the Lord. Well, they have several of them grown kids, kids who are in their 50s, <laughs> you know, who are um, following in their dad and mom's footsteps. And then they have kids. And it, it's just, it's it's really cool to see. But you're you're looking at their fifty plus yeah age kids, and you said he looks just like his dad. He <laughs> looked just like his dad. He looks like his dad used to look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was that's kind of cool. And to see the you know the past. Look at you talking about those with fifty year old kids. You're one of them. I am. <laughs> I sure am. Yeah. Only if they would follow the Lord, like you know. And I hope this isn't too maudlin for the for our audience. Uh, this show isn't about us, but but um, you know, I was a young man when we came here. I was forty four the day we landed in Texas, and forty five the day we did our first church service. And um, I have no idea where the time went. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. where the time went. And now some of our 40, 40 and 50-year-olds, 50 mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, I was their age when I started this. <laughs> and I like to tease and say, look what you've done to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I think to, to have people like Pastor Ken, God bless you, Ken, for filling in on the program um, for the first three days this week. But, but to, to have young men committed to the, to the Lord, mm-hmm. to have... Him sort of warming up in the bullpen mm-hmm. uh, is is such a, a joy for someone like me, mm-hmm. and you know I, I'm I'm that old guy that we were watching on the stage, um, trying to exhort others to to follow the Lord to to stay the course, yeah. uh, and um, you know that's all we can do pretty much. Yeah. It won't be long before the all the energy I get is to clap, <laughs> go, go, <laughs> yeah, tell them. <laughs> What did Paul say? Love, love. <laughs> I'm laughing as you're talking because our 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 young producer here wasn't even born when we got here. <laughs> wow, we're getting old, Pastor. Robert. Yeah, and he's married married man now. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, right? 
Yeah. Well, Baldwin, we're now inside two minutes. I know you've got a letter that we're going to start off with at the at the second part of the program. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not a long letter, but, no. but it's um, a question that needs to be addressed based on something we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we'd like to kind of warn you, this is for mature audiences a little bit. So if you've got kids listening to the radio mm-hmm. or in the car, you can either turn the volume down. It won't, we won't talk about it the whole second half of the program. Mm-hmm. But um, just, just so you are aware, uh, this is uh, dealing with... Um, marital intimacy yeah. or lack yeah. of... Yeah. yeah, so we're going to do that at the top of the program, and uh, we would welcome any of your calls or questions or comments, whether for me or for Paula. Three four zero ninety five eighty five is our phone number. That's area code two one zero. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. You're listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. Paula's here. Caller, we'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula, before we get into this uh, question, we had a, uh, a great morning this morning. Mm-hmm. We got to meet with uh, Pastor Nelly and Michi. Uh, Pastor Nelly was our youth pastor here for 10 years and um, um, worked here at the school, teaching everything from regular classes to Bible. And and um, we, we just met, I told him, it's like a toothache. It won't go away. I miss you guys that much. <laughs> and uh, Michi, of course, was involved in everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went up to Washington State to plant a church. And we were able to talk to them a little bit about some of the the refining and the suffering and the trials yeah. that they're going through yeah. up there. And that's just and part and persevering parcel. Yeah, that's just part and parcel of the Christian walk. And, and as we try to avoid those things, I always think, Paul, of Second Kings chapter 6, the, the, the floating axe head. You know, if you walk away from those trials... God's going to put you right back in. Mm-hmm. These these are these are tests that we have to pass. Yeah. We we can't you know well I take the fifth. We we can't do that. <laughs> we we've got to pass the test. And it was just great. We took them over the building and mm-hmm. and showed them around and and uh, our new location. And uh, it was just really great to see him. It was great to see him. Yeah. And we had since we hadn't been here because we've been praying at the building and kind of going in and seeing how things are going. So not having been there for the first three days of this week and then seeing it today, they've got a lot done. And I was just told before you got here to the studio, yeah, uh, that since we left there at noon. Uh-huh. They've done a lot more. A lot of the walls are down and stuff. So we'll oh, see that. We'll see that goodness. tomorrow. Paul and I are going over there and praying every morning and begging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, begging. <laughs> Please, Lord. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> you see us, right? I know you do because that's what we did all all this summer. The the God who sees me. I know you see us, Lord. I hope you that's see- not my motive for going over there and praying. <laughs> I don't want, Lord. I'm so pitiful. <laughs> He knows we're pitiful, yeah. so it's all right. You know how much money we need, Lord. It, it, we we need a, just as many people in there working to get all that stuff out. J- July is coming, you know, right, God? Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, and then so before fun. we get to the question, you you just told me our cross country team is qualifying for nationals. Yeah, our cross country team here at the academy. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a free academy. We got a cross country team and other yeah. sports things going on. It's crazy, right? Yeah. God is good. But see if you just. Say Jesus yes. said, follow him. Yeah, just say yes. Just follow me. Keep up. He'll do neat things. Yeah. Okay, Paul, I want you to read this. this I'm was, stalling because, you know, yeah. it's a sad one. So, it's to us. Dear Pastor Ron and Mama Paula, on last Friday's program, that's, that's you know, of course you, I wasn't here, you read a letter from an anonymous wife who apparently has a much lower libido than her husband. <clears throat> okay, for anybody who um, didn't hear Pastor Ron's warning, this is, you know, for mature ears only. So if you have kids who just came in and you want to 
get them. Um, maybe you can offer them something that they really want right now <laughs> that you didn't want to get. No, anyway, um, cover their ears or turn the thing down. So anyway, you told her that she should want to please her husband and he should want to please her. I agree with you on that completely. However, here is my personal dilemma. When I'm physically intimate with my wife and I can tell that she doesn't want it, I still want to please her, so I stop. Even though she is consenting, it starts to feel in my heart like I'm forcing myself on her. I want to please her, and what seems to please her most is leaving her alone sexually. I know that's not a question, but it's what I'm going through. There have been years where we've only had sex two or three times. Our longest dry spell nearly four years. We are both Christians. Thank you for your counsel, anonymous husband. Well, yeah, and I'm a realist. Yeah, I, I know this stuff happens, but this should never happen. Mm-mm. With Christians, um, you know, when when Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote that your body's not your own; it belongs to your husband, or your body's not your own; it belongs to your wife. Yeah, that's in First Corinthians seven. Yeah, um, um, he he understood that there were people with different libidos, that people with different levels of interest in sex. But here's what he's saying: he's he's basically saying that that you know it, it's not a choice in the marriage. It's a ministry. And, and what I said last Friday on the program was that um, um, in, in intimacy, in, in, in sex, inside a marriage, which is the only place that sex is appropriate, um, our mission is to please our partner. And then God takes over. Acts 5.32, God gives the Holy Spirit in power to those who obey. Mm-hmm. And uh, God is the one who changes the experience. God is the one who changes the heart. God is the one who who um, provides the desire. Uh, all we have to do is want to be obedient to the Lord. Now, I, I, I said this on last Friday's program. I'm going to say it again now. Um, within reason, and, and when I say reason, I talked about balance. Um, sexual activity ought to be commonplace in a marriage. And it doesn't matter whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it. What is important is our obedience to the Lord. How can he bless us? Uh, The saddest line in that whole letter, Paula, to me was, uh, we're both Christians. Mm -hmm. But but you're, you're missing out on the abundant life that Jesus wanted for you. And it has nothing to do with the physical act of sex. It has everything in and and uh, to to do with obedience to the Lord, and He can't bless you if you're not obedient. Mm-hmm. And our relationships need to be um, considered from His perspective rather than our own. Now, I realize there are things that happen to people in their lives. I realize um, there are reasons uh, why people, in this case, the woman. Um, just isn't that interested in sexual activity. But none of those reasons are going to pass muster for the Lord. Yeah. You know, a woman, the, the typically the last thing that she feels like she can control is her own body. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing God wants her to give up. Yeah. And you've experienced that in before I was saved yeah. in, in our relationship. Yeah. I was thinking of that as well. Even, you know, you were... The capital J, capital E, capital R, capital K with exclamation point, exclamation point, (laughs) exclamation point, jerk. (laughs) Just a jerk. And yet, you want to have sex. And I'd be like, oh, oh, oh. And, you know, I'm saved. And I tell this in my my testimony um, that I'm laying there, eyes closed, you know, it's dark. And so you couldn't even see me. That tears were coming down from my eyes, of course, filling up my ears and then going on the pillow. And I, I wasn't at, you know, I'm not a <laughs> kind of crier. It was just silent pain. And I remember saying to the Lord, I feel like a prostitute 
making love to the devil. And can you get this man off of me? And the Lord said, uh, hey, you made a promise. And I was like, oh, this is this is a conversation and we're there. And I'm the, I, my, the pillow's getting wet because I'm still crying. And the Lord says, uh, your body's not your own. You were bought at a price. This is what I said in my mind, not out loud, because you could hurt me. <clears throat> oh, we're going to have this conversation now. That's how I was talking to you. I was so disrespectful and so hurt. That's what it was. I was just so hurt and mad that, uh, you know, why is why do I have to always be the one who, you know, sacrifices, gives up? And, and Jesus said, well, you're not the only one. I, I, I hung on the cross for your sins, and I love Ron. And that's, you know, that was one of the first times when I said, really, why? <laughs> and he says, I love him, and you promised that I could use you. You said I, you were mine. I, and then Jesus was saying that he bought me with the price, you know, of course. And so I was, so then the next thing is that, this is what I said, okay, well, my heart is not in it, you know. And it was like the Lord said, right now, I'm not concerned with your heart that much. Just let me use your body because you said I could use you. So I was like, okay, whatever. But then, you know, you, you, you pray and the Lord kind of pats you on the back like, I'm glad we had this conversation. Thank you for being obedient. And just that was blessing enough. But he begins to change your heart when you pray, Lord, I love you so much, whatever, whatever. And you say you love Ron, and I'm the one you've chosen to use to be able to win him to Christ. After a while, I was like, I volunteer. I volunteer. But to just harden my heart, and not be available even on those really difficult days. I wasn't um, available to you just to for you. I was available because Jesus is my first husband. And the what would Jesus do? That was those times when those bracelets were out. What would Jesus do? He would put his hands down and leave his heart open and love even though he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if only you knew I came to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. I didn't want to be one of those that said, I know, but I didn't care because I cared. And I loved you so much, Ron, And but I was just mad and hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the Lord was able to use me. But that was in um, 1 Corinthians 7 mm-hmm. and also um, in First <clears throat> Peter, you know, let your conversation or your behavior or may he be won over without words. And using me and my body, even when I didn't feel like it or want to, um, it was a, a way of saying, Jesus, I really do love you. And here I am. Use me as you will. Yeah, and, and there would be no value in just the physical act itself if it was if it was accompanied by a heart that said, well, I'm just doing this. Yeah, for, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, you know, Paula, in, in church, every church, yeah. uh, people will go to church, married couples will go to church, they'll raise their hands during worship, and they'll have all the Christianese down and, and talk to people, um, and yet they won't let God touch their heart about this so important issue. Um, this is your service for me. This is what you signed on for. Yeah. And and you trying to maintain control of your body because you don't feel like it. And the, the idea, and I mentioned this in, in re- recent message, but not this, in this context. Mm-hmm. But the idea that we have a choice is demonic. Yeah. It's demonic. Yeah. Uh, we think this is one of those things I can, but but should I? Yeah. You know, um as a believer, when we surrendered our heart to Jesus Christ, that's what Paul says in Romans 12, 1, brothers, in view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Holding and, and pleasing, pleasing to God. To the Lord. Yeah. Not not pleasing to ourselves. And um, the, the husbands and the wives uh, saved going to heaven 
but wondering why there's no joy, wondering why there's no passion in their heart for the Lord. Um, I, I've said this many, many times, and people don't like hearing it, but um, a husband and a wife's physical relationship is very often, in fact, most often, uh, representative of or symbolic of their relationship to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, and and why we think, well, I, I'm used to this, uh, we've accepted a lukewarm marriage, or we've accepted a, a marriage with no passion or affection. Um, why do we think we have that choice? Mm-hmm. And I, I know there's lots of reasons. Now, in that program Friday, I talked to the men, you know, be clean, Mm -hmm. be considerate, Mm -hmm. be kind and be gentle, Mm -hmm. uh, be affectionate and playful. Mm -hmm. I think, I think playfulness and sex is important. Um, and, and, you know, um, we've had women in our office, um, their husbands are so dirty, they smell so bad and, and wonder why the wives won't, you know, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, the responsibility is, Jesus, you own me. And I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice. And providing that for my husband is one of those things that I have to leave control to him over. Yeah. And I just don't think why they don't get it. Yeah. And, and, they, and, and the tragedy from my perspective is that they leave church the same as they came in. Yeah. The saddest thing is... They came to church that way and stayed that way. When when the Spirit of God we know is speaking to yeah, them. Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, there's a lot of context here that, that this discussion could take place in. But just as it relates to the physical relationship in a marriage, um, why do we believe, maybe it's Oprah, why do we believe <laughs> oh, that, goodness. seriously, why mm-hmm. do we believe that, that we have a choice in the matter? When Jesus has stripped that choice away from us mm-hmm. when we got born again. Mm-hmm. And um, when people simply refuse to accept that this is God's plan for me, what they're saying is, I don't have enough faith to believe, Lord, that you'll bless my obedience. Yeah. And none of them would say that to your face, but that's what they're really saying. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like it. You know, I, I shouldn't have to... Um, you're the reason God using you is the reason I'm saved. And I think that's what we need to understand. And my heart goes out to both the, the husband and the wife of this this letter. Um, because God wants so much more. Yeah. And the pain is that they don't want as much for their lives as God does. And many times, as you know, Paul, these same people are in the background saying, God, why are you doing this? Or why didn't you answer this prayer? God, why didn't you, you save my kids? Mm-hmm. Those, it's, it's not disconnected. All of those things yeah. are connected. Yeah. We've had several councils where, um, you know, the ladies, because they're the ones who get pregnant and carry the babies, you know, their bodies get out of shape and all those kind of things. And, and they come here and they're like, I don't want to be pregnant again. I just don't want to get pregnant again. So, no, because we know what happens when, you you know, you have sex. You, I might get pregnant again. And you've had to tell them basically the same thing. Pray, ask, ask what God wants. It's not about what you want. Now, as... You know, they said for in, in here one time, uh, the longest stretch was like four years. So that sounds like they've been married for a while. Yeah, that, that's abuse, by the way. Yeah, that's that's abuse in a marriage. That to withhold is, yourself. Yes, because that's what it says in First Corinthians seven. Don't do that. That's giving the devil an opening to destroy. Um, but in a, in a woman's body, things start to kind of dry out and, and, and sex can become painful and I was I'm talking about this because this is the question but um, but there's other things you know other measures um, but to withdraw completely for four years wow that's that's that is cruel cruel you're, and unusual you're, punishment yeah. you're just roommates yeah basically basically and and God intends for the marriage relationship to remain passionate mm-hmm. even through our old age and while things look different um the the reality is God fills in the blanks yeah. and and 
that that's what that's what he intends. Yeah, you know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I remember um, sitting on the edge of the bed one time, you know, and I knew you were coming, and the Lord says, you know, it's me in you, who's at work to will and to act for my good pleasure. Oh, okay. So I mean, and you think about it, you know, we've been raised to think, oh, sex is dirty, sex is, you know, but to think that Jesus is there. At the same time, I mean, I've, it's been one of those things where, oh, let's see what we can do to please Pastor Ron today, you know? Now, I know I'm getting like a little crazy, but that's what goes through my head sometimes. You know, it's not about how I'm feeling. It's Jesus loves you so much that I get to be used now. Do you hear the difference in how I'm talking? Before it was, I'm just going to be obedient. Now it's like, Obedience is fun. Yeah, and, and this is this is another context um, that demonstrates what Jesus meant when he said, if you find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it for me, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have so little faith sometimes, Paula, that we just don't believe that's possible. Yep. We don't believe it's possible. I know. So our hearts go out, and all of you um, remember that your marriage, not your not your kids, uh, not your job, not your career. Your marriage is God's first priority. Yeah. And um, we need to have enough faith to take him his word. Yeah. Let's go to Jeff on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron and, and Paula. Hi, Hi Jeff. Sweetie. So yeah, you, probably remember, you can probably get me by my, by my voice. <laughs> so, Duh. Um, <laughs> I just I wanted to just talk to you all. Not about my sex life is great. I mean, so marriage is wonderful. So, <laughs> oh, she's going to be like that. covering her face when she comes <laughs> to church Sunday. <laughs> but um, you guys were talking about when you guys were at, at the uh, the conference, conference? Mm-hmm. about humility. And it, it just really touched me because I, Pastor, you know, when my last wife was dying, I had a super hard time. To ask for help. I because, know that, Jeff. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like I always figure, like, I do problem. I solve. Pro- I mean, I do it problem solving for fun because I think I can figure everything out. And during that time, God really humbled me a lot. And I don't feel like I'm a humble person. So whenever this thing is kind of crazy, but I welcome going through difficult times that will work on my humility because of that and so it's great to hear you know pastors talking about continuing to work with you know on your humility and understanding the importance of it mm-hmm. and so for me i just i've i've come to find that uh, this is coming kind of this is going to sound funny for me to think they're humble but i feel like i'm more humble now than i was before because god moves in my life in that in that part and that's why i mm-hmm. welcome it daily like mm-hmm. you know if you can do more awesome because i'm i'm not it's a, probably my biggest struggle yeah and you know jeff i think for you because i know you so well but i think for you and and i think it's true for a lot of people i think we men especially are afraid of humility uh because it, it robs us of our strength at least as the world views men and the reality is uh, we learn, and you have learned uh, what Paul meant when he said, when I am weak, mm-hmm. then I'm strong. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's an important realization. Mm-hmm. And, and as you indicate, that's, that allows us to embrace these new things that come up in our lives uh, that, that God is always going to deal with our humility. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's one of the neat things that we've watched in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of cool because uh, David Rosales he said, I'm going in front of all these people. He goes, I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to take a risk. He says, my church already knows. But, you know, it was kind of like, but I'm in front of a room full of pastors um, from around the world. This is not just the United States, but around the world. I'm taking a huge risk. And he told a story on himself um, that a, a lot of people I know didn't know. But it was very... Um, I'm sure encouraging because the strong pastor wasn't always such a strong pastor. 
And, and humility, humiliation is a bad thing. Humility is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. follow-up, Jeff? To, yes, sir. My, you know, my encouragement to all men is to reach out for that because it's really weird. When, when I'm humbled, it feels like I'm being broke, like broken down. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. But then afterwards, God has done such amazing things in my life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he broke me down so I could accept something better. Well, he was, you know, I, I say this often, he was preparing you for the woman being prepared for you, and you hit the jackpot, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you did, Jeff. Thanks very much. I appreciate the, the insight. I love you, Jeff. Whew. Yeah. See, that's what God will do. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.